0: Mi bandera lo grito por donde quiera mexicano 100% no existe ni una barrera Mucho menos no separa una frontera Con papel o sin papeles yo vivo a mi manera No me importa en cualquier país Si el celo se pone negro gris Escuchando a Gerardo Ortiz Celebrando fiestas patrias con dos Génesis Cantamos mariachi y en acapela Miramos a diario con los jefes la pinche novela
1: amigos de Pancho Villa's army, aquí el sargento back for a special edition of Villa's podcast. The reason why I'm saying it's a special edition is because we have a guest that um you know if if you think of somebody who is uh you know someone who's chingón in your life, someone who you know goes out there and puts their puts everything on the line, has a passion for what they do. Um this person comes to mind. So I and more than anything, it's topical because, you know what? We in less than a week We have a major event coming up and we want to promote and let our teammates and let actually more than anything, our members know that their voices can be heard and to just stand out, you know, go out there and do what you need to do um, and and make a difference is really what this whole message is all about. But more than anything, we want to get to know and hear her story. So let's let's introduce our guest. Let's give a warm Pancho Villas Army welcome to a baker's daughter, an activist, a community leader, a chef. Award winning chef and more than anything, la más chingona chef I know. Uh, let's give a warm welcome to Silvana Saltido Esparza. Welcome, Silvana.
0: Hola, hola. How are
1: you today? How ¿cómo está todo? Toda madre. Toda madre, toda madre. Hey, thanks again for coming on and, and jumping and talking to us a little bit today. Um, you know, I always like to start off with, you know, can you give us a quick little bio, and, and, and as much as you want to give us about yourself, you know, where were you born, raised, and just let people know a little bit about you before we go into the into you know, the questions.
0: Well, the the long and short of it is, I come from a uh, long line from Chihuahua, and somos Chihuahuenses in and los and and los Esparza, and uh, basically I come from the founders of Chihuahua. Long and short of it. Uh, I also carry a 800-year baking line. So I was born in California. My father had a bakery. My grandfather had a bakery, and I moved to Phoenix about 26 years ago to attend culinary school, and I fell in love. Nice. I became of the desert.
1: Yeah, not many people. Not many people can say that. You know, I take a Let me be honest with me here. How old, were, you know, you know, how old were you when you first came? What was your, what was your age,
0: approximately? I, I, I turned 35 here, and I was like, Oh manches, really? Because it had all the – you know what it reminded me of? Yeah. One of those, those movies, like, the day after the Holocaust or something. Like, <laughs> I went downtown. No había ningún carro. No había gente. There was nobody there. And I could have, like, I don't know, Donald Trump shot somebody down the street. Nobody cared. Yeah. Here. Uh, not like it is now but
1: yeah it was like the true wild west right it was it's just like you just came to a whole different planet it seemed like right, right
0: brand new homes for under a hundred thousand <laughs> What was that you yeah. uh,
1: and and i'm glad you said that because i was i was the same as you i came i mean my parents brought me over to arizona from california and i was 16 and i was like what the hell did they bring me to man i they, they, we came in uh i don't even remember what kind of it was a van it was some kind of van a beater no ac we moved into a place that had swamp cooler i mean i i, I thought who who lives in this you know and and you grow with you grow to love it though right you gone over the years it just becomes home i told myself i swear to myself as soon as i'm old enough and i'm out of the house i'm moving back to california up afuera right yeah. I, I never left you know and i think a lot of people can relate on, on that for us right you,
0: you become part of the desert you you uh, you learn to enjoy the sports teams here i mean. Here was the Cardinals. I think Buddy Ryan was still the, the, the coach. Um, nobody even went to the games. It was, yeah. you know, unless they are playing Dallas or, so, or or the Raiders or something like that. And yeah. then it was filled with Rasa. Other than that, it was just like the two fans and that's it.
1: And, and when you think, it's funny you said that, when you think of Rasa, right? It, it is the Dallas, it is the Raiders, right? I mean, these are the teams that like Rasa connected with because of most of the, the LA or the California connection. So, and we bring it too. They, I remember those stadiums, man. We were in Sun Devil Stadium. It was hot as hell, um, and we were always outnumbered. I mean, it always seemed like it was just a. It, it, we were always the the away team, even though we're playing from home. It's crazy.
0: You know, I, I actually worked at that stadium for. for uh, I worked at ASU for five years, and I was at the stadium. I was the head chef at ASU, so I fed the players. I played the AS, I I fed the ASU players for their uh, their training camp and i also fed the nfl so it was a very unique situation not many chefs can say that they did uh collegiate and professional football all at the same season that's
1: awesome
0: a weekend we had a game it was horrendous
1: and those athletes can eat i imagine like what, what t- 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 tell me a typical menu for them what was what, what do you feed athletes like that of that caliber?
0: About ten plates each. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, they just pile it on the pasta and the potatoes, <laughs> and a lot of them are these kids that that come from back east, mm-hmm. you know. So they want their their grits and and they want catfish and they want a lot of southern food. Yep. so, so my menus were always uh, the training tables, the TTs were always interesting because I try to give them a balance. I imagine now that was in the 90s. I imagine now I would be doing a lot of vegan and keto. <laughs> yeah. Back then it was grub.
1: The athlete. yeah, you know what? Well, you made a good point. The athletes have evolved over the years. I can just imagine the the dietary restrictions. Back then, the only Valia madre, like, give me whatever. I just want to eat.
0: Your um, about this big, some of those <laughs> ball players,
1: yeah, so. the the cinco they have no no neck, huh? Um, so that's awesome. So you started at ASU. Um, I imagine you probably got a lot of experience there, um, probably a lot of cooking experience and, you know, all kinds of so like all kinds of, of menus, right? All kinds of different kinds of food that you cook for them. What what finally decided, you know, you finally made, you know, and this actually we're talking more about, you know, your your evolution here. What made you finally decide to, you know, stick to your traditional, like going to the roots? And I I heard a story that you actually went to Mexico and just started learning from the various communities and just and, and got right to the source. Can you tell us a little bit about what made you do that and that journey?
0: You know what I what I did is um I went to Culinary School and in culinary school I decided I was gonna become a Mexican chef. Uh-huh. Which really didn't exist. The only Mexican chef to speak of was Rick
1: Bayless. Los uh-huh. Mexicanos. Okay. So, <laughs> it doesn't sound Mexican, but okay. No,
0: pero, I mean, you know, el hueso sabe, pero sí. you know, pero at the end of the day, no, es So, <laughs> with all respect to Rick Bayless, I want my own experience. You know, like I said, I come from eight hundred years of baking, but and being a California kid, my parents were always at Tijuana, so we always had the ingredients, and we had a panaderia, so we always had extraordinary uh, ingredients. Yeah. And my parents were well traveled, but only traveled Mexico. I used to beg them, go to Europe. They <laughs> take me, or is it, you know, like, oh, I pobrecita, let's take her to Spain. But they wouldn't go, only Mexico. And at the end of the day, I was eating Oaxacan food. I was eating uh, chiniquiles and, and things from the sur that Norteños don't eat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and likewise, we had a very well blended and rounded menu. So I grew up with that cuisine. So my goal was to become a Mexican chef, but perro, right? Yeah. So I ended up getting five years of experience at ASU, and I did everything well-rounded. But when I got to Mexico, I was 40. I took my 401k before 9-11. Mm. The year before 9-11, I went to Mexico, 2000, 2001. And I took my 401k, and I backpacked through the country. At wow. First, I had a, a scholarship, so I was prepared to get to a scholarship. But when I got to that scholarship I had already traveled quite a bit. And I I started getting seasoned and like we say, picadita, it may be que I wanted more, right? Yeah. And I got to Oaxaca and it turned out to be that the the chef really wasn't what I expected. So I left that, that commitment and just even hit it harder. Uh the more remote uh the 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 better the food the more uh, less safe i played it the better the food the wow. better the experience um i i got off the the buses that were the the lujo that take you to the main cities and i started traveling in in the b and c right in the in the, the chicken bus you know with with chickens and indigenous people that didn't speak any spanish and going to pueblitos called you know, sinsunsan <laughs> San. And, and you know what's really cool is that a lot of these places, the language is the native indigenous of the region, not even Nahuatl or Otomi or, or Zapoteca. I mean, we're talking about Riki, things I didn't even heard of. Yeah. So there's no way in, in the world that I'm going to be able to catch up to any of the languages that I'm, I'm hitting. So I just spoke Spanish, and a lot of them didn't even speak Spanish. So that's how deep it is in Mexico, and the food is still there. It's still protected even from globalization. So it's really wow. cool. The, currently, the Mexican government in the last five years has started protecting the ancestral style of cooking, las, las cocineras ancestrales, right? Because the, uh, they notice that the niel nixtamal is being used anymore, right? They're they're all using masa for the tortillas, and they notice that the the grinding of the 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 metate is not being used anymore. So the government actually is making an effort to protect the ancestral style of cooking. which That's is, awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's iconic, right? Around the world. I mean, there's countries and nations that are just, I think that's one, you know, we have a lot of amazing things in Mexico and traditions and things. But I think at the top, has got to be our, our food, right? I mean, by far, I think we have the best food in the world, right? Um, and if, if you, we can't lose that identity. Yeah, I'm argue,
0: you know, yeah. and you're totally right. We can't lose that identity, but why do we lose it in the United States? And what the hell are you drinking? That looks
1: good. Uh, I made my own paloma. Yeah.
0: Oh, Amen. I got my. I made my own agua.
1: but <laughs> go, go, go get, your tequila. I'll wait for you. i good. I so, did it. I did. I did it in you know, in honor of my guest. I'm like, you know what? She's, uh, you know, she has her tequila, mezcal, all that stuff that she probably yeah. just, you know.
0: You know, I um, I actually respect the 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 nectar very well you know um it's it's uh it's meant to be enjoyed not to be abused so yes. i respect it i respect it very much i drink very little but when i do
1: oh you enjoy it i enjoy it oh my goodness and i think the best the best way and this is even with food right food and drinks is the best is just with with the with a friend with even a stranger and just having a conversation i think that that combination right there and hearing a story it just reminds us of you know being a kid again with the abuelito just sitting there hey come here let me tell you about your ancestors or about the story about la llorona or whatever right and, and we remember those things
0: you know you you bring that up and going back to what you were saying, you're saying protecting our culture right that is part of our culture mm-hmm. the, the the abuelito telling you the stories that's part of your culture right i had an ah. abuel- I told me those stories too. I carry those. In fact, I'm writing a book.
1: Nice. Based
0: on actual, it's a historical uh, novel based on las historias de mi abuelita. Because then I started doing research, and I found that they were true. <laughs> you <know>? No way. <laughs> I just really, so I am putting everything together and, and writing a novel.
1: Now, now, when you said you were surprised that they were true, what, did they seem a little far off to you? That you were kind of like, all right, whatever. Well, I like, Is that kind of what you thought? And you realized, oh crap.
0: Yeah, so my grandmother would talk about La Casa Grande, La Casa Grande, where uh, her and her husband were the caretakers when they first got married. Uh, three kids were raised and born there. I used to say, okay, La Casa Grande. And then she confused it and called it La Casa de Cananea. And then I hear La Ferrería, and I wait, La Casa de Cananea. Isn't that la, 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 la Cárcel de Cananea? So I'm putting all these things together. Yeah. It's out. As I went to it, it's a it's, it's now a, a museum. It's ah. Ferrería. It's in, outside Durango, La Mera Ciudad de Durango. Uh, Dur- Durango is the segunda capital of Mexico. It was the second capital of Mexico. Early on, they hit Durango hard because of all the minerals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's a colonial city. And uh, there's a mansion in hacienda where in fact they were the caretakers and in fact I, I spoke to the caretaker, we're talking about generations later. Yeah. And the ghost stories and viejito con el vasco and the chains. They were all true.
1: Oh true. Wow.
0: I, I saw this it was a mansion. It's a colonial mansion with ta- European tapestries and colonial furniture there. And I was just the guy let me in. I couldn't believe it. So my grandma's uh, not lying about the Gugui. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, he was in La Casa Grande the whole time. Who wouldn't do it a thought, right? Oh, really? <laughs> that is crazy. See you know what? I just I think you, to hearing stories like that just inspire me. I Imagine it's gonna inspire others to just go like to have you taken the time to go and like go and explore and, and go visit, you know, your homeland and these places that find those connections. I You just telling that right now, it just kind of blew through. I just picture you doing a documentary, walking and and getting talking to people, you know, doing all this stuff. It's just it's just amazing. Now I want to do that because my my mom has told me many stories of like brujas and how they like would suck, you know, kids blood at nights and all this stuff. And, you know, that means like someone's it's crazy, these stories. And I'm just like, man, I mean, dude. COVID, get out of here so I can go visit and, and go explore. I want to go backpacking.
0: <laughs> well, I, I was actually supposed to go to um, where that hacienda that I'm talking about is unreachable. It's in the Sierra Taramara del Sur Occidental. And basically, it's drug cartel, uh, very remote, yeah, hard to get to. And I can't find an eco tourist to, to take. Nobody will take me. They're like, no, señora, no le conviene ir. You know, it's not worth it. So what I was gonna do, I was gonna to go to uh, La Sierra Taumata, take take Chepe, and then backpack my way into that Hacienda through Parral and come back through the backside. And wow! If I had to hire a driver and a couple of guards, I was gonna do it because I have to go.
1: Heck yeah! Oh my goodness! Heck yeah! You definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I definitely want to. If, if you do something, I want you to put. I mean, I'm pretty sure you post something about it or sure, spread definitely. the word. But I definitely want I want to know about it.
0: Well, you know, like, I backpacked all of Mexico. I I went to many haciendas, like La Ferreria. Yeah. But I skipped that area because I already knew it. I already had been there. But it wasn't the same. Now that I'm writing a book, and I went, no, oh, manches, ¿por qué no fui? <laughs> right? So uh, I want to go back to that hacienda. So my grandmother, who didn't know how to read her write, who came from Las Adelitas, who, who had... Nice. Uh, you know, uh, that northern Mexico experienced durante la Revolution mm-hmm. was so poor that she was barefoot most of her life. Uh, she had a hard time wearing shoes. That woman lived in two haciendas. She was born in one. Of course, there were the poor people that kept up the hacienda. Yeah. but it's like saying, you know, in the United States, indentured slavitude in a plantation, because that's mm-hmm. what her family were generational. But I'm going to take it all back to that food we are talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your,
0: and honoring your culture. You know, representation matters. When you see a Mexican like Carlos Salcido, primo, play, playing in Europe, don't you go, yeah! Eso, oh, yeah. Hey, Whatever. Right, you do all that. <laughs> when you see a Mexican playing for the Dodgers in the World Series. Yeah. Right? What do you say? No, uno, pero dos. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's all pride.
0: So when you see a Mexican chef representing Mexican food, what do you do? You go, eso. Because yeah. they don't exist. Right? Neither the generations before us. They don't exist. Yeah. They actually did. They just didn't have a voice big enough. Why? Because it wasn't given to them. Yeah. Okay. They want our culture, but they don't want our people. Yeah. They want our tacos. A nosotros. Quieren el saborcito y la cultura. They love our chiltepin, child but they don't love the sonorenses que vienen con ello, you know, the ones that They they want our, our strawberries from California, but they don't want the they, they don't want to call it farm to table when it when it comes to the señoras picking it. They only call it farm to table when it's local and it's somebody named Maya, you know.
1: With the man bun, yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I hear you. And again, it's 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 it's, it's crazy that you said that and I also think about our movies, too. We have such a representation in the movies, actores and directors. And, you know, it's a it's a hot commodity in the beginning. And then it kind of fades away and they go, thank you. appreciate that. Let's just move on. Right. So, right. so much. man. Right, so right. much. You, you make a good point. And let's go back to really quick. I mean, so much. You just you just talked about that I would like to unpack here. But, you know, what I what you just said, of course, struck a chord with us and, and my family here in Pacha Villas-Armes, Carlos Salcido. So he's a primo of yours. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Well, the the Salcidos, first of all is not a name. It's a it's a it's a, a town in northern uh region of the Basque region of Spain. So it's not a Salcido or Sparza. They're uh we're actually Martinez de Salcido, which is not a known fact out there. So if you're Salcido or descendant of the Salcido,
1: uh-huh.
0: it is Martinez way. <laughs> so our, our pampa's ancestor changed it when he got here he was i forget his first name like let's say jose martinez de salcido because uh-huh. he's from salcido mm. martinez is as common as it gets that's interesting uh, so he named his first mexican-born son martin de salcido you know how he cheated
1: yeah
0: he used his last name and gave it turned into a first name, first name. And then after that we were this Salcido until somebody dropped it, and then somebody picked it up. I have the whole history, <laughs> but, but and we married very well. The Salcidos even ended, up, so the Salcidos ended up in New Mexico, so we have a branch there, and then uh, and the name changed, but there's still the DNAs there. And yeah. we up, it, the some of them took a left on that Kings Highway and ended up in Sonora, and from the Sonora branch comes Carlos Salcido. And from that branch also comes all the subsequent in the Phoenix area. Huh. So wow. it's, it's a migration,
1: you know. So it's cut. so, cool. It's yeah, so no. cool to follow the follow the patterns or follow the migration, right? And I mean and you I mean we are not surprised. We know our families are big, right? I mean if you're a Mexican family, you you have lines and lineages of all across and you know, it's just it's just big, big families all across across the the country, the globe. I mean we're everywhere.
0: You know, uh, uh, we're, we're related to Moctezuma, a lot of us. Um, I, I've, I have the lineage. He's my 14th a- ancestor through the royal line. But quite frankly, he was very prolific with his peepee because you can fill up Argentina and the United States with his descendants. That's wow. how prolific he was.
1: See, I didn't know that Argentinians are always, if you, if, you know, I met a lot of Argentinians and they're very prideful and they're saying that they we're very European. Right, they kind of think that they're the European of 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 South America.
0: Yeah, but, that's because they are. That's because the the. You're only as your your um. It, you say? California is being Mexican, no? Because we continue to arrive. Yeah. We never stop arriving. You know? Yeah. The first it was the Nortenos, luego los Michoacanos, and now it's Oaxaca, right? Yeah, no, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so. It's the same thing with with Argentina. Argentina was the Spaniards, you know, and and very importantly was the Italians. So there's a large, even now, fresh migration of your cousins from Italy coming to Argentina. Mm -hmm. Just like we have a fresh migration of your cousins from Mexico coming to California.
1: Yeah, and talk about another like you know we won't cover this you know but we can go in the weeds right when it comes to various cuisines like Argentina has a lot of that a lot of those fusions right of what you just said Italian and so many other European and then they created their own their own style but they have a lot of those nodes or a lot of those backstories which is I mean we can go on <laughs> it's amazing what food is yeah go ahead
0: okay it's amazing but absolutely no one has been able to retain. The indigenous roots like mexico that's true nuestra cultura has absorbed all right, not become so when Maximilian and Carlota came with their european or, oh Mexico's now Europe, okay, bring in the chefs, bring in the the pastry chefs, bring in the architects the the uh the gardeners yeah they made de la reforma they brought a, a certain finesse that didn't exist in Mexico. But we we take what's good, right? With that came las orejas, la repostería mexicana, las cremas en el sur. You look at the food in Mexico City, it's very European. Pero es bien mexicanón. El mole. El mole was very simplistic. We Europeans came, they went, "Ah, thank you for those ingredients. We'll just add it to our mole. Mm -hmm. And it just became a bit more complex. Yeah. Um pero pero at the end of the day, sigue siendo mexicano. I'm
1: thinking I'm thinking of my favorite um comida, you know, when you think of Mexico City, right? I mean there's so many different flavors, but mine is that tacos al pastor, right? That's what Mexico City is is well known. And that reminds doesn't it have like a Middle Eastern background because of the spigot, right? Right.
0: So tacos al pastor uh the, their origin is a little bit further east and it's gonna be Puebla. But Mexico City has the, they retain everything.
1: Right. They're the wow. hub, yeah.
0: Pero la like baby, but they do it a little different than Yucatan. Pero Al Pastor is primarily from Puebla because that is where La Semita comes, which is semi bread, which is challah bread. The, there's a big, huge Middle no, Eastern, I mean, <sighs> you, you talk about being in Spain for 600 years. So, of course, they left their, their imprint. Tamarindo that's the number one thing in Mexico is uh-huh. I
1: right?
0: use it for everything. It's always not even European, that's Middle Eastern. Huh. Emery The Bahamian bandits. You know, those are things that we use in our cuisine here that came from Europe. But on the other side of that coin, uh Diego Rivera made a a, a mural and he 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 made the mural that way and there was a door at the very end and then there was a little space left of the door. And I imagine that he's like, Well, I can't start the mural here. It looks kind of weird. Yeah. So what he did there is he wrote a an a, a homage to Mexican food. He said El mundo le debe Me- the world owes Mexico a debt of gratitude because Mexico gave the world and he's got a long list. Chocolate, tomatoes, chile, mame. I mean it goes on. La piña so I, th- I stop and think, and I think about any kind of Thai food, Asian food. What mm-hmm. how would it be without the chili? What would a Thai food be without the tomato? When you take tomato, you equate it with Italians. Right. When, when you know, you, you think of Europe and, and the chocolates, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Belgium and Switzerland, yeah.
0: You think of Hawaii, you think pineapples. All that comes from Mexico avocado the california avocado industry no manches. that's all puro mexicano
1: michoacan
0: puro michoacan they even have the freestyle you know with the with an homage to it so the problem is nobody recognizes it right if we all walked around and saying yeah but that's mexican in origin then maybe we would get the respect i want to know why Every other culture has been respected in the United States, right? yeah. Everything's been, you go to a Chinese restaurant, Chinese out there, right? You go to Thai food, you go to a French restaurant. Mm-hmm. For the mm-hmm. most part, every other culture has been respected. If there's an American chef making fresh food, that guy has spent years traveling Europe and knowing his craft. He has worked in the best restaurants. But some Joe named Jack goes and opens up a Mexican restaurant and serves yellow cheese on that shit and calls it authentic Mexican grill, and that's okay. Nobody bitches about that. See, there's
1: a lot of uh, a lot of I would call those. I mean, what would would you say call them imposters or call them just
0: vulture uh, vultures? You know, yeah. But, just,
1: just, just riding a wave, right? Just kind of going, yeah, I was going to go ahead and put you know, put some cheese on it, put a tortilla, and we're going to make something out of this, right? But,
0: you know, uh, so people say, shut up and cook, chef. There's no politics in food. I just told you about politics in food. I'm going to tell you more. How about the mistreatment? The people who toil and prepare the fields or simply uh, plant the seed. Or pick mm-hmm. your strawberries and pick those even those avocados. ¿Quién son son raza, mm-hmm. son raza, and they're the marginalized. They're the ones that that you know people talk about farm to table. That's your real farm to table. Mm-hmm. And and we can't look the other way and pretend it's not happening. Yeah. Um. We need that raza. We need to applaud them. We need to respect them. We need to get them better treatment. And the same thing happens to the the kitchen staff, you know, you, you, you have a Raza cooking in a, in any restaurant. Go to any restaurant, you'll see Raza cooking in the back. And in the front, it's the American speakers, whether the yeah. color is you're, getting you're, You You can pass as an American. And you're <laughs> counting your money in front of minimum wage people going, oh, that bitch only left me 20%. Yeah.
1: yeah. And... And they couldn't even pronounce the, the menu or couldn't even, like, give them, a, you know, a background of what's what's the ingredients oh. in this or nothing. They just don't even know.
0: No, and they go back and go, on the way, on the way, Jose. You know,
1: like, <laughs> yeah. We're
0: yeah. You I get a
1: tip. I need my tip, yeah.
0: Right. And and at the end of the day, you know, so so. COVID has been a, a, a beautiful thing. It has kind of uh, put a magnifying glass on uh, what we just talked about. About discrimination uh institutional discrimination, racism, cronyism, what we already knew is now being felt by others, like yeah. other people other than brown people are having to work two three jobs
1: yeah. it's been amplified, right, and I agree with you, I think a lot of times people see this as a curse or something bad, but honestly it's one of those things that it's just bringing things to life right it it's It's bringing a lot of problems we've had for years, and a lot of us have known about it, but now. Just everybody's starting to see it, and you're like it's been here like you know this is nothing new but um thank you thank you for for seeing this and I want to transition into now right I mean you you came back you opened up your restaurant uh, bio cafe on 16th street and you know it's one of the most iconic um, locations and sites you know in the valley you know you've you've embraced what you've learned you've made it your own right it, it's it's your food right you've you've taken everything and you just you know have, have made it you know your unique staple Um, you've done a lot, you know, and and the question I have for you, I know that, you know, with COVID hitting, it's, it's affected, you know, it's affected a lot of folks, including yourself, right? A lot of people were affected. Nobody's kind of like, you know, did not have it affect them some way or another. Um, just want to ask you, how are things going with you? How are things going with your restaurant? Where are you at right now? You know, what's going on, um, current state?
0: I hike about 10 miles a day. That's my current
1: state. Working on your health. Yeah, there
0: you go. Uh, So this is where I'm at. Uh, I turned 60 in July, right? At the height of COVID when people were dying left and right. Um, And I had to open my restaurant. So back up, when COVID hit, I was like, oh, no. This stuff is way out of my expertise field I this though right so so we closed down and I closed down and opened up a community kitchen and that went on for a couple months um, then I needed to start getting ready to open because yeah you know, that's what I was supposed to do mm-hmm. and I, I have to say it's been a hell of a ride you know I didn't sign up for this for sure. Yeah. And go. I'm rolling for the punches. I I closed down one restaurant. I think that uh tasting menus and fancy Mexican food was essential
1: mm-hmm. during
0: COVID and we're definitely not post COVID. And post COVID, who knows what is waiting for us. I, yeah. I, I don't wanna, I like to remain uh hopeful, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also uh a realist and the real reality is that we're probably going to have another wave coming up, and I might have to close down again, and I don't know that the restaurant could survive uh I'm down for forty something employees to ten um, yeah, the restaurant gets full. I'm not complaining about that, but I have a fraction of the tables,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know the it's just the flow is not the same, so I don't know we'll have yeah. to wait. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, open, you know, open, they on the calle and start no, I'm just kidding. Um,
0: well, I'll be honest with you. Right? Yeah. I'll be very honest with you. I mean, yeah. Rather die on, on my feet than live my life on my knees. I agree. I spent all my money and I got to a point where, well, you know, Here we are, it's July, COVID is sky high in Arizona, we're number one in the world. Yeah. I tried really hard, I'm frustrated with my own community. I see people out there without masks. Oh, yeah. You know, and even now, they're started again. And, you know, they're like my niece, Los Regañas, y hacen caso, and then after a while, there they are again.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: At the end of the day, I I thought, well, I could sell my real estate, because quite frankly, that's all I have at this point. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll sell my real estate, my house alone. uh it, The equity is enough to hold me over for a few years in Mexico, and I have a house that's paid for. It. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, that that's my my. I'm out of here. My exit plan.
1: Your final plan, yeah.
0: Yeah, but then I realized that going to and I'll write my books, and in a couple of years I'll be very successful. I know that already. I already wrote a book. I could. I I will. I. I'm in a book that sold out. Within three days, I sold out every copy I had. Nice. But I remembered that my motto, the way I live my life, is de pie.
1: Entonces,
0: a huevo, mijo. De estar aquí. Until the place burns down.
1: Yes. And,
0: and then I clean up the fucking thing. And if I had to rebuild it, I rebuild it. But no me voy.
1: Yeah, I me, love that.
0: No me voy. No me, voy. Me, llego, me he peleado, and I'm not going to give up. Yes. And, you know, when SB 1070 happened here, Uh huh. again, it was like, ah, pinchi, Arizona, it's easier to leave and go, you know, back to California. Yeah. I would have been very successful. Me quedo. Because all the good people were leaving. And then Who's going to be left? Who's going yeah. to fight a fight? And then guess what? Wherever
1: they are, they win. I agree. No, hats off to you. Hats off to you, you know, Chef. I mean, I think that, we you know, we need a, we need more of that, right? We need more folks, more people in the community to, to, you know, to stick it out, to fight the good fight, like you said, you know, not to, not, not to give up, you know, and I know it's tough, but guess what? The best things are better if you fight for them. And at the end, you can go back and be like, mira, sabes que? I'm still here, you know, and, and you know, it's like, if it was easy, anybody can do it, but you know what back to our roots, back to our history we're about- you know we come from a from a history of, of warriors right of aztecas of guerreros, we and we don't give up you know we 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 fight it to the end and we're gonna stick it out so hey first of all, thank you for sticking it out and we're 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 pulling for you a lot of our members you know um that once you know this so we start traveling and everything, I definitely wanna recommend to go to your place and, and definitely check you out. The only thing I want to make sure it's clear because, you know, this has come up before. When I tell people, "Hey, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to interview Sidvana from uh, Barrio Cafe," and all that they always say this and it, and it and I want to get this clear. They go Barrio Ca- Barrio Queen? I'm like, "No, Barrio Cafe." It, can you can you like clarify what the difference is? What happened? Because I get that, I get that a lot, and I want to make sure I tell people, "Hey, it's just, you know, what's the difference there?"
0: Well, it says Reina and Barrio and um, a tattoo by Weiner. <clears throat> And you know, it's an attitude, right? So I named my second restaurant after my tattoo. Renal Barrio. I made a, a killer, I a designed a killer killer logo with some seventies chola, made her a crown. I just I went, oh Yeah,
1: yeah. Is it it's Scottsdale?
0: Yes it is. Yes. And um and I poured my heart and soul into it. But I had a business partner and you know, Mm -hmm. within months I went, you know, like this guy. And I can't describe him any other way than
1: Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just sue them.
1: I'll make the deal. Yeah.
0: He's got so much money that living in court is his thing. Because most people can't, you know, like I could have fought him. And if we would, it's like the McDonald's movie. If we would have got to court, I would have won. Yeah. Couldn't afford to get to court, and I just went. Chinga tu vete por el culo, y ahí te va. And I just went out and and with no money, found a way to open Gran Reserva and open other restaurants, and I continued to go forward. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a culture vulture that thought they were dealing with a little dumb Mexican or something. And just, I'd rather leave. Again, Thank
1: you, yeah. Thank uh, you for clarifying that because a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people know that story, right? They don't know that, and honestly, I didn't even know that as well. So for me, it's like you know, I want to know who I'm supporting, right? I want to know who I'm supporting. Is it is it a genuine person who cares about our culture, or is it somebody who's just taking advantage of the name and the, our culture and really doesn't respect it? That's the key, right there. So, so if you're, they don't respect it. Aching, no, right? no, it, that's
0: and it's really sad because. Um, then he came back and started taking employees. You know, people have been with me for a long time. And then he dumped them after he used them. I no se vayan You're going to give them our culture. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're doing it. You're going to be a vendido. I mean, I literally said to I go, vendido, No vendido." No te quieres conmigo eso no importa. Yeah. Pero no te vayas con ese You're yeah. going to be a vendido. I mean, that whole deal cost me my, my health most importantly uh it brought out my disease that I have. I have a rare rare incurable disease i ended up in the hospital um i remember being in a meeting with him and his wife and and arguing with them and just going oh what the hell's wrong with me wow I kept talking and i felt like no so was that key. and um uh, wow. you know cut, cut your losses but i look at it as a phd in business believe me <laughs> no yeah. matter how good your contract is if you don't have the money to back it up in court it doesn't matter
1: you know what and that's what, that's a big lesson right a lot of people feel that you know when you go through you know challenges or even failure right people think it people think it is as, as a failure thing but it's actually you learn from it you know it's like hey so I's getting you know I learned what's what's that famous adamant, uh, shame fool me once shame on shame on you. fool me twice shame on me right like now it's like hey truchas like I got you, I, I I'm looking out for you, you know? So, for, uh, for those type yeah.
0: And you know, and uh um sure it'll be a chapter in, in my my book, but um at the end of the day it's it's not just um I'm chingo. I see it left and right. When I, I see a uh other chefs 'cause you know, think about it. It is cocinero, estás trabajando en un lugar and the chef goes Oh, I love that salsa you made. Oh, my mom made that. I, I, right? Mm -hmm. And, oh, hey, can you make that salsa? I'm going to put it as special. Oh, yeah, chef. How about we make some tacos and fish tacos? Oh, good idea. Next thing you know, that fish taco and your mom's salsa is on the menu permanently.
1: Yeah. And they're making, uh, making money.
0: Sure. And then next thing you know, you're no longer going to employ there. Right? I've seen it happen and over again. I've seen it happen. Like, and I have also seen people um be tight lipped, like por necesidad, work somewhere, but never give up more than what they 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 um for example, I've I've seen like, Oye, mijo, esta salsa está horrible. why did you even make it like this? You know how to do it better. Uh-huh. Es la receta. I'm like, I know, but you know how to make it better. Nope. Esa es la receta. They want to see that crappy food. That's on them. I'm not going to give them my mom's recipe, right? Yeah.
1: Yep, yep. I was
0: like, oh, no, no. I got my mom's recipe. In fact, let me show oh, you Christ. a different skill, Jeff. One time I was, uh, I used to write for the, the local rag here, the New Times. Years uh-huh. ago. I had a, my own column, and I was sitting there writing, and then the TV was on, and I went, I heard Peter Piper has pasilla peppers. <laughs> Man, that's it. When I started, writing was the Peter Piper leave, our, you know, pecking peppers alone. You did because, the whole
1: like a whole rhyme there,
0: <laughs> right? So, right, you know, she she sells she sells by the seashore. Peter Piper was taking pasilla peppers and putting them on their pizza. Yeah. Okay? so I was Can't like, who told you that peppers was for you? First of all, that's not even a pasilla. You know, a true pasilla is a, a dried chilaca. Yeah.
1: Right?
0: So, okay, here's the disrespect. Vas a una tienda mexicana, un mercado mexicano, like, you know, uh-huh. city. Or in California, you know, anywhere. And and you go to the Poblanos, where all the fresh peppers are at, you see the Poblanos, it says pasilla. Pasilla has nothing to do with the poblano. Nothing, ever. Mm -hmm. Pasilla, poblano will never be a pasilla when it's dry. But just the nature of the word, it's like saying raisins in front of grapes. (laughs) (sighs) That's total disrespect.
1: Man.
0: Correct it. And it started in California. Some dumbass grocer did that, and it became the truth. And all over the United States, all the groceries caught pastilla peppers. Wow. That's crazy. And that's Man. respect. I mean, that's.
1: No, and, it, and again, it just continues, right, with everything. Like anything that we that see, it starts to to morph into something different. And and, it's, and we, again, we don't want to lose that identity. We don't want to lose, uh, you know, our root where it came from. But you know,
0: um, what is your identity, mijo? Like, you know, you had the stories from the abuelito, mm-hmm. but not everybody has that. There's a homeboy in LA right now that ate some nasty ass watered down Manudo and thinks <laughs> that's the shit. Okay, in LA right now this morning for breakfast it was the lowriders. I know because they post up on Facebook and I see it and I'm like, oh, because
1: they're low. Riders. They're like, this is the way to this is the way the crew but they're they're, they're but, watered down. Oh, you, like, a- you don't have the true shit, man
0: with with red sauce and all kinds of yellow cheese on it and sour cream, and I'm like, bueno no, I thought you know, Obama's food, you know, para cruda and that's okay. That's that's your reality.
1: Yeah, no, but you know what? It's it's time to time to just continue to spread the word and continue to tell those stories and finding those outlets. And I think you know, interviews like this and can, and the stories that you're sharing and you continue to spread out it's just a way to keep it alive but i think you know we can't stay afloat all the time right we got to finally just stop and just be like hey you know we got to own it and we got to just keep it don't 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 try to you know you know we call it sell out i guess right all
0: right well look at that jersey you have behind you right chingo that mexican jersey that is Chingon, right mm-hmm. 20 years ago nobody wore that in the streets
1: well nobody would get tattoos of it unless the, it was a uh, homies right so okay. yeah you see a bunch of you know folks that are like, Oh, that looks cool. I don't know what that means, but oh, put it on me, right?
0: Uh, you know, you got Gavachas with their beautiful white skin, and I love it. It's all beautiful. Any tattoo on it, it's gonna look like ooh, it's on paper, colorful it's pop. pop, and sugar skulls. No, what is that? A sugar mm. skull, <laughs> Coco. <laughs> Why do you have it? Oh, because I like it. Not even a Mexican has that, you know. That that is like, um, well, Day of the Dead. You want to talk about Day of the Dead? You
1: know, it's it's well, let's uh, um let's talk about really quick transition to the, to the to to the murals and how we met really quick, and then I'd love to talk about Joe because I see your you're thing back there, right? We have the elections coming up, so let's let go transition to that real quick. But you know, Day to Day will come up on that because a lot of your murals have some kind of representation. But um, when was this? Oh my gosh, time flies, Silvana. It's been over three, four years, I think. I don't know. It's been a while. The fact that you remembered me when I talked to you earlier and you're like, "Hey, mijo tell me a little bit about your organization." As soon as I even started bringing a little bit, you're like, "Oh, you're that, you're that the folks that came down with that pretty boy." And I was like, "Yeah, you know what I'm talking about." So let me show you the images really quick. And of course, you already remember, but let me just refresh your memory. So, several for you guys, we brought this boy here. He's one of uh like our good friends. Uh, you know, my my friend from high school. Um, it's funny. We never we never really were friends in high schools, but we reconnected several years later. We found out we're in the same school, and, and we're, we have a mutual connection, which is him. Um, and we're like, we, we gotta, you know, we gotta take some cool pics. And I imagine your place is popular. You have the, one of the best murals in, in the whole valley, I would say, and in, in in even in the, in the whole country. Um, and we went out there. We started taking pictures, right? And we, we were drawing a little bit of a crowd. A little a couple, a couple of people were coming out. Um, you came out. And then you started going, hey, what's going on? Where are you guys from? And we started connecting and communicating. And we found out that you were related to, you know, you have part of the Sarsido, Carlos Sarsido's family and all that. And uh, it, it was just a great a great overall experience. But I thought that was really cool how we met. And, if, if again, the food is bomb. The, the location is awesome. Again, we have a Chingona chef. But then check out the murals. So tell us about how, how those murals started coming up and, and, and how did that inspiration come and in getting all those murals out there?
0: You know, uh, we had a nasty law around here called SB 1070. Show us your paper's law. And at that time, I had one mural being painted, the first one. And when the artist was finishing it, um, somebody came by early in the morning and said, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, no, no, I'm painting a mural. I'm just signing it, you know, because it, it was dark. It was whatever. Yeah. It was too hot to be there during the day. And then he, he pulls out a gun and says, well, okay. we don't your type here painting on these walls in our street. Wow. So the artist actually moved to New Mexico because of the laws and all that. That was just like enough. And what I did was go, oh, really? What did I mean? At that wall, that wall, that wall, that wall. Let's go. Who wants to paint? Here? Going, yeah. You know. I go sell more tacos, I even did cooking classes to raise funds, whatever, but see, when you go to a mural like even Diego Rivera, right, he had a message, a little space, and he said la, la piña, chocolate, and all that. Yeah. Look how, look how it it's influenced me and many others. Right? So for the last 10 years, there's little kids that have no longer remember graffiti and ugliness, now they remember murals and and aspirational yeah aspirational this is for for the young kids of the neighborhood i don't care what color you are this is for you it's it's for uh this back here used to be drunks and hookers now it's just drunk hipsters uh looking (laughs) at murals um i'm no longer running over condoms i'm running over you know just it's paved, it's, it's clean l- l-
1: uh, running, running over people taking selfies of, of Instagram yeah. and, and you know tourists you
0: know, we <laughs> at the car clubs and the tourists and when COVID first happened, I had to put cars in front of the murals because people were just bored and they were coming out to look at the murals and um I wanted people to stay
1: home. yeah, yeah but, stay safe.
0: but it's it's become a destination um so much that it speaks uh, it speaks about our culture. Yeah. yeah. We'll speaking step.
1: speaking of of tourists and people coming out, so just just this year, right? Maybe a few weeks ago, maybe less than a week ago, um, you had a, a special visitor, two visitors in, in their in their pot in their their uh, their crew. Uh, let me show that image real quick and tell us about this experience. So you've had, I imagine, a lot of people come to your murals, but having um, you know the uh, vice ex vice, you know, our vice president, ex vice president, and also um, our future vice president as well, Kamala and Joe Biden. Visit, visit you. So tell us a little about this visit. How did they end up coming to visit you? Um, what was this uh, this whole experience like? You know,
0: um, enough uh, enough is enough, right? I decided to, to stay, and I go to Mexico, and then I just got involved in the campaign. Uh, I've always been involved in, in politics, in local politics, to the to the point where I support everybody. Uh, you know, the mayor and, and the senators. But to this degree, I was asked if I had something to say, and I did, and it turned into a commercial, a national commercial. In fact, I think I'm in like six Biden commercials, one way or another. Um, and so they came here, and they, you know, they're reaching out. They're, they're trying hard to, to to win Arizona. Arizona right now stands to be. Uh, to make a difference like it, it really we can go from a red leaning uh, state to a full on blue state and that is stands to make a difference
1: that is look, so cool look
0: he's holding horchata and she's holding <laughs>
1: That's what I was going to ask. We know that Joe Biden is definitely not lactose intolerant. He's got your chata full-blown right there. Like, let's do it.
0: He, he was He was. Like, what's this? I go, hey, hey, don't drink it, don't drink it. Wait till you get in the car because you got going to take off your mask and I don't want nobody
1: to see you take off your mask. He's
0: like, i nice. right he, You know what? I got to tell you something. That man right there is the real deal. Nice. He really is. Um, that, that poster right says, it says, uh, Battle for the soul of the nation. Alright. I believe that man has a soul. So you know, I talked to him and I said, um he asked me if he had a chance for Arizona. So I said, you know, Arizona's a Maverick state. We're the land of John McCain. Yes. And and we have we our our politicians don't follow the rules. Look at John McCain. Look yeah. at Jeff Blake. Better yet. Look at even the Democrat, Kristen Sinema. Sometimes I don't know if she's a Democrat or a Republican.
1: <laughs> we kind of don't know, but we don't care, right? because like,
0: you know. she is everybody's senator. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I said, our voters vote the same way. I know I voted for John McCain, and I'm a hardcore Democrat.
1: Exactly. So, me too.
0: So hopefully we will be able to, to make a difference, but Latinos have the power, you know? This is when we have the power is, is when our voice is being heard and our vote is being counted collectively as Latinos. Otherwise, so am Mexican.
1: I love that. I love that. No, it's funny. You know, I'm a big, again, I think Arizonans, if you're in Arizona, if you're a hardcore Arizona fan or Arizonan, you definitely are a big fan of John McCain. I mean, the, the, the guy has, you know, transformed the nation, has put us on, on the map and he just didn't care and that's why i love the word maverick and i think honestly if i were to have another son because you know us mexicans like to have kids um i'm gonna name a maverick i'm gonna name him maverick i am going to name him maverick i do not care if it's a mexican name i don't care you know what that guy has my respect so so
0: I, i'm gonna name him like a, you know like maverickito maverickito
1: <laughs> well when he's little then when he gets older and he's taller than me then it'll be maverickote right
0: Mavericote? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's no longer an ito he's an eto right uh, um but yeah I mean that's amazing and and it's funny I was part I went to a humans uh rights campaign that's a you know nonprofit and and they uh, my sister is part of you know she's uh a trans so she has you know um you know I love her she's been you know a big part of our family and we've embraced her um uh, since day 1 when she came out and awarded you know an award in that in that ceremony so we were there we were cheering her on and that's when i first met mark kelly too so you know you talk about you know definitely joe biden uh, but also mark kelly and for arizona has been amazing and the guy you know spoke the truth he's also embracing the maverick concept and again i just love people that say you know what I you know i'm gonna work with everybody I'm, I'm i'm for the people i'm from everybody not for one group not for whoever gives me the you know the most money it's like I'm here to help and be a voice. So again, that's why I'm, I'm just along with you. You know, like, just give me give me someone that's real. Give me a human being who has empathy, who is willing to say, "Hey, I'm human, just like you. I make I mess. I I, I make mistakes. I fucked up." But we don't have that right now in the current administration. There, he thinks he's yeah, you know, it's, it's Dios, rey, Dios. No, we don't know.
0: You know, it, uh, I'm not here to offend people who who voted for him. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, everybody has a right, you know. But anybody who starts out a campaign and wins, because anytime he starts to lose, he just goes back to Mexicans. There they are. I hate them. But when he started, it came that escalator and said, Mexicans, that's it. It's on.
1: Mm -hmm. The war is on. Yeah, you're
0: gonna scapegoat on us again yellow cheese and red sauce and we're the rapists of everything
1: everything yeah but enjoy our food cabrones, right
0: how's your 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 taco bowl you know
1: so you know what i just i think it's a great transition you know because again it's all about you know being chingon you know you have to be chingon you have that's just embrace who you are um in that word right it's just i mean Silvana, what would you what would you define chingona as if for for our folks who don't know what chingon means? How would you define chingon or chingona?
0: So in uh, 2000, I was traveling Mexico and I was telling my cousin who lived in Cancun that I had gone here and done that, you know, all these crazy things in my travels in Mexico. And she says, and she's a uh, uh, Chilanga, she's from Mexico City, and she goes, No manches prima. And I looked at her and I said, Isn't that a bad word? Because outside of Mexico City, nobody at that time used it like we do now. Yeah. And um long story short, when I got back I used it as my 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 saying, comida, chingona, which means literally fucking badass food. Hell yeah. So all these people are little old ladies are buying my t-shirts and they're
1: wearing... <laughs> A little viejita wearing chingona. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah. Some lady, some little señora goes, you know, I went and stayed at the hotel my <laughs> travels and I went to the gym. And when I was coming out of the gym, all these workers were going, mira, mira, mira. And they're coming out of the kitchen and going, ah! Hola, <laughs> 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 raza was going, esa viejita trae chingona. La
1: <laughs> <goes>, oh, <laughs> chingona. <laughs> Dude, hey, you know what? Something about our culture though. We see our abuelitas as chingonas. I think of that lady from the uh the hot chocolate, you know, the, the chocolate. The, the, she's a chingona. She's an actress. I think they got her from another movie. She's just always with a cigar, ching, you know, just being ching chingona viejita, just like what's up? I don't I don't care.
0: Yeah. Um
1: I love that. So right. yeah, it means badass, right? So um let's do a yeah. quick thing. I'm gonna show you a couple images and you just let me know, hey, is this chingon or no chingon? That's okay. as simple as that. So, uh, let me know what your thoughts are here. Here we go. So, first image of our quick little uh, rapid-fire chingon, uh, no chingon. Well,
0: that's chingon right there. Your logo is badass, by the way.
1: I thank you. Yeah, that was our new logo for this year. Um, thank you. Appreciate that. Here we go. Chingon or no chingon? Edward James almost.
0: Red ticket chingon.
1: I'm going to show a video, too. There's a video of him. Uh, coming out in the Lincoln Project, I think you shared it, where he's just like, he's just talking crap about Trump. I love that. That guy's chingon, man.
0: He's badass.
1: All right, next one. Chingon or no chingon? Eric Estrada. Uh,
0: Semi chingon.
1: <laughs> Semi chingon.
0: <laughs> you know what? Okay, I remember. I'm old enough to remember him when that show Chips? came out. All the ladies, including my mom, and you know, were like, nope, I got to go home and watch Chips. So I'm going to go with King Kong, because he looked hot on that motorcycle, and he <laughs> was breaking barriers, and I'm a lesbian, but he was breaking barriers, right? <laughs> Representation matters, like, you know, Freddie Prince being the first comedian that we saw that was Latino. Yeah,
1: Puerto Rico, and Chico, yeah. yeah.
0: And Chico and the Man, you know, same thing with this guy. Although, uh, they could have got a Mexican to
1: play it, but... That right? right, I know, but you know what, he also went in a novela, though, dude. He went well, to the Dos you know, Mujeres Chico, Un Camino. Yeah. <laughs> so semi chingon almost chingon all right next one la chimichanga
0: <laughs> so,
1: that's a no chingon right there so what is it about the chimichanga that's not mexican what the heck's going on there
0: well you know it's we'll start with the yellow cheese and, and the uh, gluten fortified sauce and how about that spanish <laughs> rice right next to it
1: Oh, that looks that looks like it's it got out of a box or
0: something. Right. So, so, to be honest with you, that's a guilty pleasure, though. You know, yeah, once they're a- every- in years. Like, Why they, think, uh, like they do them in LA, though. They do them right with the big old thing of sour cream and, and guacamole.
1: Yeah, but I- when it's. Done, just done, you know, it's just done, you know, sloppy and just kind of thrown in there, like, get out of here,
0: right? Uh, well, I mean, like I said, it's a guilty pleasure. I, I'm not going to insult people. you know, some people go, oh, esa vieja está loca, that's Mexican. You know, I use the chimichanga as an example to get women to talk to me in Mexico. Huh. Really? In Los Estados Unidos, and I don't mean women like, let's go out, I mean, señoras. Uh-huh. Like, los Estados Unidos, doña? they serve this food and I would describe the chimichanga and they would say, (laughs) I go, exactly. That's why you got to talk to me so I can go back and educate people.
1: Nice. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. All right. So I'll definitely, I agree with you. No chingon right there. I don't care what Deadpool and all these people try to make it popular. No chingon. All right. Next one. Mole.
0: No, Super chingon. You know, there's a, um, when you go to culinary school, they have a thing called the mother sauces. And they say there's only five mother sauces. All of them, mole is older. It predates them by who knows, you know. And all of them are just European bullshit because yeah. it's, a, it's disregard to anything that's Asiatic, like Chinese sauces and mole or the curries from India. None of them are considered. So again, yeah, politics and discrimination of food. Yeah. Look at that beautiful mole.
1: Guacamole is amazing. No, it's the done right. It's just, oh, dude, it's just, I mean, I think a a sloppy food is a good food, too. When you have, you have to lick your fingers and, oh, just give it, give me more of that amazing sauce. Let's wrap it up. Guacamole.
0: Super chingon, especially that one. That one's mine.
1: Yeah. You, yeah, know, you recognize uh, it I got it from your site I'm like Let me see if Silvana Can recognize her own mole Look at that And I think that's a staple Right Is, is that pomegranate seeds? Oh yeah, I love oh that my. It just brings Color it just, It's just a staple I love it
0: But you have to look at it. See how it's, it's Big pieces The avocado
1: Yeah like, the chunks That's
0: the key That's the key You don't mash it At least for this style You know yeah. For like a, like a Salsa kind of That's the key To my, my uh, Guacamoles Don't mash it it changes the
1: flavor. I love it. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I am a big fan of that as well. Like when I make mine, I like to I like to cut it, square it out, get that, that cuchara and scoop it out and let it fall in there. And that that's my last staple when I put all the ingredients because I don't want it to get, get squished, right? But that pomegranate just – oh, man, something about that pomegranate just gives it that additional – Just the, I think the color, it just pops. But it's also – it's unique. You don't see it very often, right? Usually the mecor cilantro, the – I do you have cucumbers in yours? no okay i like to add a little bit of cucumbers uh but you know whatever right that's the thing about the guacamole is this very variations and how you like it in the crisp but that's awesome
0: well i mean the guacamole is as um versatile as the as you let it to be you can blend it you can make it to a sauce you could uh when you pure you you puree it thick you puree it almost watery You can Make it into a dip, you can do it like I do it. You can just cut the avocado and put it on tortilla, about avocado. Okay. but the <laughs> more you get it changes, so it still has that avocado flavor, but it goes from full spectrum
1: it does to- yeah and, and I'll be honest with you tomatoes i can't I can't do tomatoes, it's just my body doesn't I react well with it, so my replacement, my substitute is uh bell peppers, red bell peppers. I put that in there, it gives it the red. And and it gives it that 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 same illusion, right? Or that same that contrast. But I mean, there's a lot of variations, right? You kind of go with your thing. So that is so cool, Sima. Thank you again. This is this is fun. Hopefully, you had a good time with the Chingon, no Chingon. Um, any 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 new things you're working on? I mean, we're we're approaching the elections. Is there any other things you want to plug? Any um you know current uh, projects or. Events that are coming up that, uh, you know, maybe you want to let our our viewers know. I'll I'll probably release this here in the next day or two.
0: Okay. Well, I, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to, if you haven't done so, to vote. Um, More than ever, uh, especially here, our collective power as Latinos needs to be counted. I don't care who you vote for. Just let your voice be heard. Because we have the power. And, you know, they they changed everything on the census so we can't even... Fully have that power. If they're, they're looking for ways to cut our power, we have the power. So honor your culture, um, respect the culture of others, mm-hmm. and go to small independent restaurants. Even if you don't want to go in there, order food, take it to go, get it delivered, whatever the case is.
1: Yes. You
0: know, in small independent restaurants, you know the conglomerates. Listen, if we go under, and we're going under with the COVID. All you're going to be left with is crappy subpar food. You want yeah. those chimichangas forever? It's up to you, man. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a great mic. Yeah. You want that chimichangas or you want some like genuine off, you know, from, from the motherlands, whatever motherland that is. Like, don't, don't let that go. Don't, don't die away from us. And you know what? Again, what you said, COVID, it's here right now. It's temporary, but it's making us, you know, evolve as a humanity, as a people, is bringing shit to life, and it's our time and our moment to finally say, "Hey, are we going to continue living the life that we used to, that sucked and was crappy, and people were were you know full of hate, or are we going to flip the script and so, say, 'I'm no mass? you know, I'm a chingón, I'm a chingona, I'm gonna step up for what is right, and I have a voice, like you said, vote, because after twenty, after 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 what November third, after whenever the votes are counted and it's official, if you're complaining. And saying, "Oh, Chingasumare," and like, you know what? Did you vote? If you didn't, cáete la boca por favor, because okay. you didn't have, you did you didn't do shit. So, you know what? I don't want to hear you. You need to vote. If you vote, then you have all the, all, you can say whatever you want, but you yeah. have to make that difference.
0: If you vote for for the other side, you know, for I can hear some other as chicharro la boca, la lengua, if I say, but it doesn't matter. Just yeah. exercise your right to vote. You no. Know. Don't be a damn hater. Why are we so such haters, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um let's listen let's, let's lift each other instead of critiquing everybody and, and breaking them down with our words. Um that's why that's why we have Chimichangas and we're misrepresented in the United States. Because yeah. we let we're busy fighting among each other instead of uniting and, and correcting the wrongs.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we're we're a broad spectrum here. Muchos no hablamos español. Many of us uh, don't, we're not raised thick in that culture like we were. Um, they're still our people. They're still our, our people, and we can't some Some of them live in Texas and they talk funny. They're still my cousins, you know? <laughs> they're still my cousins. So we have to love everybody and respect each other. Yeah, I can
1: say it better. Silvana. So thank you again for this time. It was, uh, you know, it was fun. Honestly, I felt like we were at a bar drinking some mezcal, some tequila, drinking some, you know, eating some good food and having a discussion, you know, and talking, being real, right? Talking about real truth. So thank you again. Um, you know, our our family here at Pachovias Villas Armas, thank you again for everything you're doing. Uh, we're pulling for you. Uh, We want you to succeed. And, you know, when all this goes away, you know, I'm I'm confident we can rally the troops and we can be out there and just go visit you and throw the biggest party. Um, So thank you again. Um, Sargento here from Phoenix, Arizona, from, you know, the, the, the Valley of the Sun, from hell. People can say it. I don't care. This is our home. Silvana Sargento signing off. Hasta la próxima. Gracias, amigos.
0: Awesome, grito por donde quiera mexicano no existe ni una barrera mucho frontera con papeles yo vivo a mi manera no importa en cualquier escuchando a Gerardo celebrando
1: fiestas con dos man that was great thank you Silvana. that was good you know the, the paloma's kicking in so i'm feeling good feeling a little buzz <laughs> all right <laughs> all right <bro. laughs> I forgot to tell you really quick, um, the our coronel, you know, one of our the second in command here at uh, PVA. He asked, "Is that sixty-four Impala yours that yeah. you had in one of your did, oh, You I have quite nice. a few, uh, though, right?
0: No, no, I, I have a sixty-five now. But, 65. Yeah, it was, but now I got a sixty-five convertible.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, he saw. He asked if that was yours. He's like, "Dude, that's Ching, that's Chingon." He said, "So very appropriate."
0: Yeah. <laughs>